Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a new year. It's a new you. It's a new tennis landscape. We've been on the road. Where have we been? What's been happening? It's a new name. I mean, let's be honest. We finally gave up calling it, you know, something Racket Magazine. We just went with, you know, Renee stops because really, Caitlin, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't have any grand slams. You have six. So let's just I, I hold you up. <laughs> what a great start anyway. what an auspicious start to the renee stubbs show um i'm delighted to join you we've been in palm springs we've been in miami you are still there you have been on tv for the past 24 hours talking about breaking tennis news it is a true privilege and honor to be launching this our fifth season of the show uh with something so meaty to talk about that actually sets up quite nicely the incredible interview that we're going to have people here as the first episode of this season. Um, so before we get into our incredible guest, Arancha Sanchez-Vicario, can you please describe what the last 24 hours have been like in the tennis landscape? Uh, well, I am in Miami. I'm down here for the tournament. And so I've been still doing practices and coaching. And then in my other spare time and hours, I've uh, pretty much been on every network in Australia. I think every radio station, ESPN, um, of course, the very surprising uh, retirement, uh, second retirement, I guess, of Ash Barty. Um, and I guess the number one question that I've been asked throughout it, Caitlin, is were you shocked? And my answer, of course, is yes. I mean, she just won the Australian Open two, two months ago. She was a fairly dominant number one, um, only lost one match in a long time. And, um, but then the flip side and the juxtaposition of Ash Barty is that I'm not shocked at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she didn't really, I, want, I don't want to say love it, but she didn't really love it. She didn't really love tennis. I think she, I think she loved it, but um, the competition and, you know, the travel, the travel is what I think killed her. It just, she's such a homebody. She loved being at home. And I think, I really believe that the pandemic over the last couple of years is the one that sort of through the uh, spanner in the works, as we say. Um, I think her being home for an extended period of time when the first pandemic hit, spending time with her family, her dogs, you know, her fiance, her new home. She's very comfortable as far as financially at that stage. And I think that sort of made her feel like, gosh, I really like being here. I like playing golf. I like kind of being home. And then the six months that she was on the road last year, because she couldn't really go back to Australia. I think that really just was the, the nail in the coffin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it just, it was so much for her and the stress of, and, and the delight, you know, that again, juxtaposition of winning Wimbledon where it was so unbelievably stressful, but yet so rewarding. I think that was, as she talked about in the interview with Casey Delacqua was such a dream for her. And I think she honestly, her happiness was not more because of winning Wimbledon and not more because of winning the Australian Open. I think she was content. Mm-hmm. And then the content part overtook her wanting to go back on the road and do this all over again. And, you know, I'm proud of her. It's really unbelievably mature for someone her, her age to say, I'm really content with what I've done in my career. I don't need to answer any more questions and I'm good to go. I thought the piece in the New York Times uh, by Christopher Clary that you were quoted pretty extensively and kind of summed it up nicely for me, which was, you know, not every athlete wants to be a brand. Not every athlete wants to, you know, raise $111 million for their own venture firm and be on the cover of magazines. Not that there's anything wrong with that either, but you know, not everybody's built for the sort of limelight portion of this. And it definitely seemed like Ash Barty was excited about the game and the sport aspect of it, but certainly not seeming to be super enthused about all the stuff that came with it, you know? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, all we can do is answer to ourselves. And she's, she's had a pretty good show for uh, uh, a nice little run here as a very, very dominant number one. You know, we really haven't had a number one like this retire at the top of their game with uh, tournaments to defend since Justine Henna, my favorite player um, in a long time. So I think for me seeing this, yeah, it was sort of a surprise, but also, life goes on we have so many more exciting people to talk about um you know what is interesting about ash barty is um you and the subject of our first episode here arancha sanchez vicario the barcelona bumblebee as bud collins used to call her one of my absolute favorite players of all time a legend 14 grand slam champ uh 14 times over um you guys talk a lot about ash barty you talk about a lot the way the game has evolved from your and her heyday of the 80s and 90s and she cites Ash Barty as being one of the few people who really has that all-court game that was so dominant, you know, back when, when she was a, a mainstay on the tour. And so I thought it was nice when I was editing the piece to hear how much admiration was in, obviously, your voice. You've talked a lot about Ash Barty and how much you admire her as a fellow, you know, compatriot, but also some legend of the game who's really watching and, and still engaged with it, who has admiration for the way that, you know, she plays, she plays tennis. So it was kind of cool to sort of have that perspective now that we're you know, about to, to lose this, this really multifaceted player on the tour to link it back to those days where, you know, I had a Rancha and Steffi posters on my wall. Um, so yeah, yeah to set up the conversation, where were you guys? It was a, a beautiful day down in Miami where you got to run into a Rancha. Yeah, it was. Um, we were at a, a charity event called Miami Mind and just a terrific uh, little, you know, event that they put on there and Francis Tiafo was there in Arancha and we had a nice little chat, a nice little sit down. You know, I don't get to see Arancha very often, but when I do, it's always uh, like, you know, going back to the old days and playing. And yeah, she has absolute respect for someone like Ash and the variety that she had. And, you know, Arancha was a perfect example of that as well. I mean, Arancha could adapt to any surface and she came so close to winning that uh, Wimbledon final in, I believe, 1995, which is 1995 Wimbledon final. She almost beat Steffi Graf on Steffi Graf's preferred surface. People forget that Arancha was not just a clay court grinder, even though that's obviously where she had her best results. She could play and win and dominate on every surface. She was really, really multifaceted. I loved watching her play. 
Well, I think one of the reasons as well is that she played so much doubles and she served and volleyed and she came to the net. And for somebody who wasn't really known for a, a net rusher or anything like that, really just was such a great all-court player. And, you know, just to throw it back to Ash, the thing that, the person that, re that she reminds me the most as far as like leaving the game and not really wanting the spotlight and not really still sort of needing it to fill her ego, it was Steffi Graf. And so Ash reminds me of Steffi in that regard. Um, both have healthy egos of wanting to win, but didn't all the other trappings that go with being a professional tennis player, they both just didn't really like it. Obviously, Steffi won a lot more Grand Slams. But interestingly enough, Caitlin, one of the reasons why we don't see them playing that much doubles is because someone like Steffi won about $20 million in her career, okay, which was seen as so much. She won 22 Grand Slams and God knows how many uh, tournaments. And Ash won three Grand Slams and won about $24 million. So yeah, just crazy. think about that for a second. So that's why you don't see a lot of the players playing doubles anymore because, I mean, in my day, everybody played singles and doubles, including Arancha sanchez Garia, who was one of very few players to be world number one in singles and doubles. So um, one of the reasons why they don't play a lot of doubles is because they don't need to play for money because they're making so much on their own. That's why Ash can walk away from the game with a, a lot of money in her pocket and not wanting to deal with the travel and the stress that someone like Arancha and Steffi knew so well. Although they didn't have to put up with social media. And we get into that a little bit as well in the interview. <laughs> I know. It was really interesting to hear her as a mother of two um, and somebody who's had, you know, her share of ups and downs in the media, certainly, you know, given her current legal situation. You know, she's got she's got a, a lot to say about how sort of to preserve sanity. And it's always really nice to check in on a legend and, and sort of see how they're doing. So without further ado, it is our first guest of this season, the inimitable Arancha Sanchez Vicario. Uh, Renee, any words before we kick it over? No, one of the great, truly great competitors, someone who never, ever gave up and was the original Rafael Nadal as far as the guts out there on the court. Arancha. Arancha. Enjoy the episode, everybody, and thanks for joining us. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Renee Stubbs Tennis Podcast now um, by Racket Magazine. I am here with a long time, long time friend and once doubles partner, even though we were terrible together, Arancha Sanchez Vicario. She's a winner of 14 Grand Slams, 14, right? Yes. Yeah, um, so uh, Arancha, great to see you, first of all. Long time, my friend. We, I only ever see you in Miami these days. But um, what have you been up to? Let's let's first of all, since you retired, and uh, since I mean, I see you every year. But uh, what have you been up to? Well, it's nice to see you. It's nice to be, you know, back into the tennis world. And um, I'm busy. I have two kids, so I'm, uh, to be a mom is much more harder than playing tennis. I have to admit. And uh, but I'm very happy. You know, I have a daughter who's 13, named Arancha, and I have a boy named Leo. And uh, they're very active, you know, they're very sports. They play a lot of sports as well. So uh, they, we, I'm busy with the soccer tournaments, with, uh, you know, ninja warrior tournaments, whatever. So I'm all over. And uh, besides that, I'm still, you know, involved with tennis. And um, when I have time and uh, I do a couple of things, you know, I did a little bit of TV, I do some commitments. I uh, did a little bit of, uh, you know, like um, um, play, help some players, you know, like, uh, and, um, so that's what I've been doing when I have time to connect everything. But um, I'm still, you know, have the passion for the game of tennis. And uh, one way or another, I'm always around, you know, not as, as much as everybody that, you know, that yeah. mostly, but I'm still there and, uh, you know, do some charity events that when I have time that I love to do it. So that's what is my life right now. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I remember so well about you is the competitiveness and, you know, the, the passion for the game. Um, when you have worked with a couple of pros, what are the things that you feel sometimes that they lack that you you didn't lack or that you were so good at? Do you feel like you can help them that way or do you feel see similarities with other pros? Well, I think that um, obviously, um, I mean, um, every game is changed, you know, since the generations, um, the equipment and everything, everybody, you know, it's uh, now probably traveling with many more people than before. Before we used to travel with the coach and maybe the coach and physical trainer, that's it, you know, and uh, a lot of things are changing, is improving. So uh, I just think that um, the most important is to to have, you know, the good communication, to have the team that you you uh, you are happy, you know, you trust and you have a good relation and uh, because you're spending most of the time with those people uh, around the year that you spend probably more with your family or at home, right? So uh, you need to have a very good, you know, team around you and um, you need to have your feet on the floor and um, I think that those values helps you, you know, not only in tennis but also in life and um, that's what they teach me when I was a kid. I have, a, you know, a very good family who helped me and um, I'm still now teaching those values to my kids and... Um, I think it's important for in general in life and uh, what I'm just telling them is you know to try to to enjoy to give 100% to always give you best and um, you know if you do those things you know the, the results will come sooner or later but uh, don't put pressure and um, especially I think now one thing that does it's big difference when, when, I, when I was playing is the social media you know yeah. and uh, I think that's kind of crazy I'm happy that I didn't have it when I play because yeah. I would have come you know become crazy yeah. But how is those things works right now? It takes so much out of you and so much energy. So um, it's not easy to deal with that, but um, definitely you have to, and uh, you have to do uh, everything at the, the time you need to. But uh, to control that, you need also some people next to you to tell you, you know, uh, you know, don't when to don't look at your phone and stuff. So it's not easy, but um, that's those things changing. It's improving, and you know, I have kids now, so I know what it's like. That you know, the technology and all that. But um, you need to, you know, to put some. I think sometimes, you know, for that for everything and. Uh, life goes on but um, you need to yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that then you know when you played obviously there was press um, you, and especially being Spanish and being as popular and, and, and also as great as you were when you when you read about yourself in the papers and stuff like that it was never easy I mean, how do you now, now as you said with social media I can't imagine myself no. like playing with social media and yeah. looking at it and you know I mean it's tough for kids these days just to go to school yes. you know let alone be a superstar tennis player you know think about someone like an Iga Świątek who's so popular in Poland and to not look at social media and how did you um I, I guess stay away from the negative on a consistent basis even when you were playing and obviously you talked about it now with social but how do you stay away from that and what do you tell yourself in those moments well, I think another another you know good thing was that um, in our time, even if you work with psychologists, was not good to to say that you were working with someone because everybody was gonna say you know you're you weak. look you look weak or you are weak and why are you working with someone right? Now it's normal and um, obviously if those things improve is it's really you know um, it's it you need that if you if you 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 need to to control so many things and uh, that is happening and uh, I think it's more normal to talk about that now anymore and. Uh, I just think that uh, it's yourself. You also need sometimes help, and um, I mean, I have psychologists when I when I play, you know, and um, and even now when I see someone says that they spoke about that, uh, I think it's good because um, that helps you and you improve and you grow in right. But um, I think for me, my key was that I have uh, the very good support of my family, and that's something that for me helped me, you know, a lot during my career. And as you said, it's not easy to deal with so much pressure. I done it, you know, my country been the the first Spanish woman to deal with, you know, winning the Grand Slams, male or female to win there. So the pressure is so much. And uh, for me, um, 
I will say that try not to look the social media so much, try not to look the and read so much what's happening, even, you know, if it's good or bad, right? Yeah. So try not to take that because it can affect you more than that help you, right? But yeah. uh, sometimes it's very difficult. I think it depends on each person, but um, for me, I try to be away from that and um, I can definitely, you know, try to f do something other that I like more than be on the social media, but um, that depends on each person. But uh, definitely, it's a big issue. It's not easy, and uh, I just think that uh, if you have the, as I say, you know, that uh, someone who help the you right on those, the right you. people around you, that makes everything easier to to be able to do it. Style of tennis these days. Yeah. I mean, you were sort of a grinder, known as a grinder. I mean, never missed a ball, like. People had to beat you, you know. I, I saw so many matches with, with you playing Steffi, you know. And I knew Steffi played at her very best. Maybe she wins, right? But if she was a little bit off, she knew she it was not going to be the day that she would want to play not well because she were going to make every ball. But where's the change now from, from 20 years ago? Well, definitely, um, I think that... Um the game has changed a lot. I mean, uh, I, in our generation, as you say, there was more variety of styles of games, you know, in the game. Uh, still a lot of players who, who surf and volley as well and now uh, who are coming more to the net. Now there is no many. They play more from the baseline. They hit the ball harder. Maybe they all play from the baseline. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Only, you know, for only Ashley Barty is the one that is changing because, you know, I mean, she's Australian and maybe because they're teaching her more to do that. But uh, you don't see that very often anymore. It's just like very powerful, very, you know, like a lot of, you know, hitting hard, a lot of long rallies, but really, you know, like everybody's much more physically, you know, stronger because they, wor they work, you know, so hard to become, you know, so fit on the court as well. And um, so things have changed, but um, I probably think that uh, I miss that a little more variety on the game yeah. because on my generation, I was more used to, to see that, yeah. the more than that, that, that power only, yeah. right? Yeah. So now it is, that's what it is right now. But, uh, and the one, the player who is much more consistency, the one that is willing to, you know, to, to have the, the chance to, to be that consistency is the one who's going to win many more matches, many more tournaments, and it's going to be much more, you know, their number one. As, as we see, you know, Ashley Barty is probably uh, learn and do very good her schedule as well because she's taking as well. It's very important to take time off to recover, to, to say, okay, I don't want to play this, to take time off and then come back. And then that's why I think she's more fresh. She's willing. She has a good team telling her what yeah. to do. And definitely, uh, I, I, I think that the, the player I like the most now because uh, she can play good in any surface yeah. and, and she can play variety, you know, toss pin, slice, stay back, coming in, good serve. She's not, as I say, I like it because she's like me, not very tall. Yeah. It's she's, just, you know, like short, but yeah. uh, she's very smart and she uses her shots really well. And um, I will say I will miss that, you know, now, but the game right now is power, power, power. And um, that's how it is right now. Yeah, but I also want to stress to everybody out there, the person who is number one in the world has a tremendous amount of variety. So there's, you, you cannot just keep teaching your kids the same shot. You have to continue with the variety, which you had so beautifully. Just on the variety thing, you, I mean, when we were playing, everyone was playing singles, doubles, and mixed, you know? And do you think that something like that can actually help some of these young, especially the young girls and guys, to play some doubles and work it out? I mean, because you played... You were one of, I don't know how many, not many, probably a handful or under a handful that were number one in singles and doubles. How much did that help you? For me, it helped me a lot. I mean, I think that uh, um, because for me, I, I rather, you know, to compete than practice. So I, I kind of like wanted to, you know, to be yeah. always on the court and I have, you know, the, the atmosphere, the adrenaline going, right? So 
I was preferring to play, you know, doubles and so I can practice my return, my surfing volley, you know, my um, stay back and come in, you know, to use that for doubles to get the confidence to use it later in singles. So that's how it helped me a lot to be able to be become a very good doubles player and I was be able to play with different partners, you know, uh, of our, my career. And to use that later for, you know, to play on grass, to play on indoors, when normally they, that surface was much more difficult for me, right? So I think that that doesn't happen very often now because they want to concentrate more for singles. They want to keep the energy for singles. Uh, the, 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 the price money change. So there's a lot of big difference between when we were playing to now, so it's insane. People are looking more maybe, you know, uh, difference between, you know, how many matches you want to play, you know, because I want to play only singles and I get this money. Yeah. And uh, before us, we were just playing because we love it, because it's a good practice, because we, we want, you know, we, that improves us for our game. And uh, it's a difference. And now there is not many players, as you said, who play singles and doubles as before. Maybe they, they're more concentrated for singles because it's really, maybe they play one or two matches or two tournaments because they want to play some matches when they don't have confidence. And there is no doubles like partners like before, more doubles, you know, like uh, more uh, teams together, right? So it changed. I think that our generations, we were like more like um, single players, but also double players. Now they concentrate only for singles. That's why the reason why they don't play. But it's a shame. I think that they should tell some of the young players to go learn because that will help them the games and to get the confidence to, to be able to do it there for later transfer to the singles but if you don't do it in practice it's very difficult you're going to do it rather you're going to do it in the match you yeah. know well yeah, again i want to stress uh, <laughs> ashley Barty, yes. grand slam doubles champion before she won singles arancha sancho vicari i mean you had so much success but i mean i think about vika azarenka she won grand slams in mixed uh, the list is long for players that won grand slams yes. prior to winning singles Grand Slam. So again, stress your kids to play doubles. It, it only helps, as you said, serve, volley, transition into the net, all of that sort of stuff. Okay, legacy for you. You look at someone like Paula Badosa, Gabinia Muguruza, these players that came after you and, of course, Conchita. I want to know the legacy that you feel, feel that you left for Spanish tennis and then a little bit on your rivalry with Conchi mm -hmm. and also the fact that you were... I mean, you were rivals, like big time, but yet you came together so well in Fed Cup, Olympics, and sort of what that meant. So your legacy and then also your rivalry with Conchi. Well, my legacy, um, I came in, you know, to, um, to sport of tennis when in Spain the, the main sport was men's soccer, right? So that was the main sport in our country. And uh, so it was very difficult to open any line or any spot to be in the newspaper a woman make you know something big right so since i was a young age i i break that i think i was the pioneer of a woman's you know sport of my country and uh, after that we becoming having a great you know players not only tennis players but soccer players basketball i mean all the other different you know sports because we after the olympics you know so many you know the, if you see the record most of the medals were women's more than men so i think that i'm happy that i open and give them the confidence and to believe that it's possible that um, women can do also really well you know in our country not only the men it was hard and still hard but it's an open window now that, that they can do so well and I'm very happy to be able to help as much as I can you know as a woman and uh, I left that legacy that I hope that we continue and um, as now I'm happy that we continue having great you know tennis players and uh, we have Carla Suarez who retired you know and uh, we had you know uh, we have Garbiña Muguruza we have Paula Badosa we have Sara Sorribes we have uh, um, a new player uh, um, that it came up, um, her name is uh, Parisas, you know, that she's, been, she's on. So we have a lot of players that come up and we have a very good team for Fed Cup. And um, I mean, two of the top 10 players, you know, Garbini and Paula. And um, I'm happy, I hopefully, you know, that we only don't have it on the men's side, but also on the women's. And 
I will say that, you know, maybe I open window and I'm happy that we hopefully have continued that success for a long time. And it's great to see them playing well. Um, they are hitting the, you know, very powerful goals. They're very tall and um, very like, really like uh, different styles, Garbini and Paula. Uh, but uh, they're doing great and uh, I'm very happy. And from outside, uh, I'm proud to have uh, it doing so well for, for our country and for them careers as well. This episode is supported by BNP Paribas and their commitment to the future of tennis with a focus on social equity, sustainability and community responsibility. Listen in to a conversation that I had with BNP Paribas USA CEO, Jean-Yves Fillion, and stay tuned for that episode later in this season. I think the future of tennis, probably the future of anybody, it's how do we give back? But giving back in a real way, giving back, you have to believe in it, otherwise your giving back is not really sustainable, it's only a one-off in time. And I think this bank has managed, and there is so much more we can do, to leverage tennis, including to leverage this tournament, trying to really go beyond the tennis itself and really focus on committing to the communities, equity, the social dimension, equal access, uh, as well as sustainability. You're sort of like with Conchi, with the having playing against each other as much as you did and competing because you guys were like two and three in the world for so long there for a period of time. I mean, what what exactly you know did that help in a lot of ways with you guys and also Fed Cup and Olympics and coming together? It helped us. I think that I mean we know each other, Conchi and I, since you know we were like ten years old. We, we used to play the finals, you know, of the Spanish every national week. every week, you know, every single week. So we know each other very well, and uh, I think that um, we were rivals, but after we have a great relationship. I think that uh, we different, but at the same time we put together the best of both of us, right? And um, I mean, uh, her style of game. She was a champion. She has a different style than mine. Uh, I have a different style for her, but uh, when we get together, we we always have a very good relation. We communicate very well. We're becoming a powerful team, and as we, she on the forehand, me in the back, and there is no one compete us, right? And um, as you said, I mean, we make a legacy for, I mean, for 10 years straight. That is very difficult. I think to to be on the finals of a Fed Cup, you know, now Billie Jean Cup, how it's called, to be able to win five and lose five. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I don't think that uh, many teams or, or any countries can say that. And uh, we make history for our country. We, we did it for a long period, for a record. We get to play. We win medals together, you know, in Olympics. And um, we make history for our country. And it's nice to see that she's still, you know, now coaching. She's doing great. She's uh, doing very well with Garbini. And uh, now we are much more relaxed because we can talk about, you know, outside and don't have the stress as when we're playing. But, but I think the media make much more rivality more than anything between us and uh, we have respect each other we were rivals but uh, when we have to be together we were friends we're still friends and i think that that makes so good a relationship and uh, we will be able to be together and do so well uh, you know together okay so the king richard movie came out recently (laughs) (laughs) so i have to ask (laughs) the scene uh why don't you tell us exactly what happened because i i was also at that tournament so i know kind of what happened but i want you to tell us because there's nothing well, like there's nothing like hearing it from the horse's mouth in that match that you played against venus and just the whole hype around the williams well, i only i mean if i'm honestly that was you know um i was not number one in the world in that moment when they say i was number one i was number two yeah. because i was the first seated i remember because steffi was not there but i was number two in the world that's for sure so first thing that um, they should say I was number two, not number one. But anyway, you know, they put it that way. Um, 
Second, yes, true. We play on second round. I had a bye because I was, you know, waiting for for the for the winner. And I remember she won and she beat Stamford in the first. Sure you know, Stamford. Stamford. She was what top thirty in the world or something like that, maybe. And uh, she destroyed her. So uh, people were very, you know, big deal to play. You know, won her first match professional and was. Tell, tell me the truth. Like the night before, we were like, holy no, shit, you, I can't. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So she would go there and kill and kill her when she was a good server and good yeah. playing well. For me, I was the indoor tournaments when normally I don't like to play indoor. So imagine when I saw her and I was like, oh my God, this you know, 14 year old girl, she's huge. She's serving like, you know, I mean, um, what, 108 miles or 110, I don't know how many, many kilometers. I mean, well, I don't know, I was saying kilometers, probably more. probably more. I was like, oh my God, you know, I better be indoor ready. What I remember was like, okay, I mean, uh, I have to be ready if I don't want, you know, uh, will be another match, but I have to be ready just in case. Okay, I start the match. I was not playing very well, obviously. She, she started playing, you know, making aces all over the court, and I was making mistakes, so I lost the first set. And then I was break down, and, um, and obviously after that I said to myself, okay, I better, I better be changing my style of game because if I want to win. So rather than staying waiting for her, you know, to make the mistake, I started to go more to the net. That's why I, I was a good doubles player, so I, I started to be serving, you know, maybe serve from volley sometimes, or stay back and wait for my opportunity to come in. And I, I kind of confused her a lot, so she started making errors, whatever. So I won the second set, and then I won the third set. I remember I won 10 straight games, you know, on that, and, and then I ended up winning, you know, six left in the third. And I was happy because that gave me a confidence, and after I have to play other players, and I ended up winning the tournaments, you know, to the final against Martina and Ratilova, and then I won the doubles too. So what happened during the match, obviously, I don't remember because it's been way far, but I, one thing I can tell you is that if I went to the bathroom that I don't know, because obviously I don't remember, obviously, I never was the player who left the court because when the match is going on, I'd rather continue, you know? So I was, if, and if I would go to the bathroom, I'd probably go to a minute because you go to the bathroom and come back. But I never, never, never would go nine minutes, 10 minutes, as they say. So I don't know. I mean, if they want, do you have to ask them why they did that? Because, uh, but because I have no comments to say anything because I don't want to make more, more, more comment about it. The movie's out, but... Uh, it's called Hollywood. I know, I know. So I was going to say that. It's a Hollywood movie, and um, it's a lot of things that, you know, they have to, to put on the movie. But honestly, I mean, I don't want to play... I don't want to tell about Mario because um, what they done is done. And for I can tell you is that I won that match, and I won the tournament, and that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true champion. <laughs> I love it. Okay, a couple of little things that I talked to... And then what do you think about it? You can tell me your side. No, 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 I was like, first of all, you wouldn't have taken a timeout at 3-1. I know. Uh, so, I know. so that was a little weird. That's what I'm saying. So if you're going, you're going to, you know, when it's a changeover, not a 3-1. So that's what I'm saying. So it's a lot of hey, things. Hey, but... one thing I will tell everybody is that, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I'll say, I mean, we're human beings. We need to go to the bathroom. Right. And if it happens, but you never want to lose the momentum that you have when you're winning and when you are, you know, when you are doing, you know, it's not the, but how the things now, the, you know, is happening on the tour. But anyway, the momentum was there and I won 10 games straight. So that's where it counts after. I won the match and then I won the tournament. So that's where I remember. Yeah, that's all that matters. And she went on to have a Hall of Fame career. So she <laughs> learned from that moment. <laughs> um, okay, so the thing that you're also very famous for is your little clip, ball, ball clip. You know, you just put... So a lot of people were like, why does she do that? And I tried to explain it to them, but why don't you tell? Well, um, first of all, because I was a player who I didn't like to put the ball in the, you know, pants. on the pants. because pantalon. It, uh, Yeah, in the pantalon. Because I was running so much that I was falling down every time. So I have to stop the point and I'm losing the point. So I get, you know, kind of crazy and say, no way. Uh, we don't have, on that time, ball girls, ball boys like we had before. So 
there was a friend of my father who was an inventor of things so he invited him invent this little thing he put this clip on the back kind of like it was a kind of a part of the wall and say try it on the skirt I say okay let's try it so I try it I like it and I say I'm stuck with that you know and that's how I use it but the problem is that people were looking at me like what the hell is that you know so I kind of use it then the girls started using it and everything but when it falls down if it falls down once you lose the point everybody's getting crazy so it's a little bit risky but at the same time um, I get you know to do that and then later I kind of learned to myself to ask for a ball, you know, and don't use it. And obviously, when you're younger, it's no problem. After I've been 21, I say, okay, it's time for me to be a little more, you know, like woman. I grown up. I say, I don't need that anymore. So I didn't. I start using less, and then I don't use it. But it was nice to see the girls little using because they want to be like you. They want to make, you know, they want to play like you. So it's interesting how you make history for something as well. I was not only playing tennis, but also for the whole ball, you know. <laughs> you had not only the couple, the little ball holder, but you had the greatest scrunchy game of all time, you know back in the 80s you know with the hair in the scrunchie was was my all time style in the moment i don't know who cut my hair but uh, anyway i'll say that it's uh, it was more comfortable because uh, it was you know have to play so many matches so i needed short cut and short hair but anyway i will say some photos i don't want to see them now you know it's a little <laughs> bit kind of like uh, a different era but anyway i kind of like i was playing tennis i was focused on winning tournaments and winning Grand Slams, so that was my moment, you know. Now I can look better and move, you know, fashion, but it's, you know, time to change. Girlfriend, the scrunchies are back, so don't worry <laughs> about it. I want to talk a little bit about Steffi, your rivalry, because it was a rivalry. It was a great rivalry. I, I watched so many of your matches, uh, you, you know, as friends with Steffi, but also I knew you, uh, we played together. I mean, you're my era. I mean, we're the same age. Yes. Well, I'm a year older than you, but welcome to the 50s, by, I know, by the way. I know. Well, I <laughs> welcome. Good, good 50s, man. Good, good 50s. 50s. Still looking yes. good. But the one game, you know which oh, yes. one game I'm going to talk about? I don't Wimbledon even need... Wimbledon final. Yeah. Like 29 minutes Wimbledon final. Oh. Play, wait, wait a second. People, 29 minutes for one game, everybody. And if you haven't seen it, pull up YouTube. Five all, I believe, in the third. Yes. Five all in the third, 29 minutes. And one of the things I want to tell, before you tell me what was going on, take a look at how many times either of them went to the towel during a 29-minute game, probably twice. And I think Steffi literally bolted over to her towel and you maybe one time as well. Just to, like, So that's another thing that I'm going to say it's going to piss me off with these players going to a towel every point. And you sweat. You sweat a lot. And so did Steffi. So don't tell me you can have to go to a towel. When it's five all in the third at Wimbledon, okay, 29-minute game, and they went to the towel friggin' once, okay? So anyway, that's my thing on that. But tell me about that game. No, I mean, um, it was amazing because um, obviously, I mean, the time when we were playing Wimbledon, the grass was so low and so fast, so... It will fit the players who are, you know, good servers like Steffi, you know, obviously. So uh, to be able to 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 play that final the way I play, because I play probably one of the best matches I ever play on grass. The, how many times I went to the net? How many times, you know, I was be able to put her in difficulty and see her face saying, "Oh my God!" I, I mean, I I have to really, as you say, sweat normally, you know, yeah. and like we. I think there was, uh, as you see. If you watch it, probably, you know, the, 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 because it was like either you go for it or you lose the point, right? So uh, maybe, you know, that there was like a couple points that, you know, the ball just went, you know, a little bit outside, you know, the, 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 when you need it. But uh, sometimes I think I lost that match for one point. And I remember perfectly. So I knew that every time they asked me, what do you, which, which tournament or you think you wanted to, you remember the most. And I say, obviously, you know, I mean, I was so close, only one point away to Wimbledon, and you want to have it on your, on your, on your, um, you know, side. But at the same time, I remember I give my best. I fight until the end. 
I lose against the best player ever, but uh, the difference is only one point. But um, as you say, I never, I sweat a lot. I have to, you know, I never like to go too much to the towel because it was taking my momentum. But um, now things change; they go every single moment. And for us, I was just just matter of point to concentrate to play every point. And um, maybe Steffi was, you know, the, the moment, biggest moment. She has better serve, and that's what makes her make beating more, you know, matches against me at the, at the last minute. But it was a pleasure and uh, to play against her because uh, you, you always want to play against the best one. She was at the moment the best for me. And um, when I beat her, it was a big win. When I lose, I give my best. And she knows that she has to be, as you say, your best. So I always, she takes the best out of me. I take the best out of her. And she was my biggest rival. Then later when Monica came in, it was the same thing, right? But on my moment, I should say that um, if it was a player I'm dreaming with, it was Steffi, you know, to play every final. And um, to beat her in one slams, to beat her in the big tournaments. And um, I mean, I, I, I have four Grand Slams, you know, uh, winners. But I lost to Steffi 10 other finals yeah. in the Grand Slam. So imagine how can be, you know, how come, how many, you know, I maybe won. I couldn't won, you know, but... Um, you know, circumstances, the people remember, unfortunately, only when you win, but who's in the final? You know, you have to be there too. So there's a lot of things going on, but um, you have to be there to play those opportunities to be. That's what you're looking for when you're in the game. And I could never imagine having the success that I have as a career that I have. So I'm very happy. And uh, obviously, you would like to have it in your, your, on my side, you know, to say, okay, we're moving. But I can say, okay, I won four and I lost another finals. I have, you know, four grand and mixed doubles, six doubles, so 14. and. But the best career ever to be number one, to be in singles and doubles the same year, as you say, is very difficult. So I'm very proud, and um, I make history for my country, for you know, for myself. And um, my name is there for a long time. My kids now looking, you know, her mom, and uh, they're laughing because oh, my mom is number one, you know. So it is, it is nice to 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 still involved in the game, what you've done, the passion that I have, and uh, people remember, you know, my fights and my 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 games and my matches. So it's nice to to see the. When you see on TV or when they're talking about it, yeah. so but and that goes on. <laughs> and the world's greatest defensive lobber in the world. Oh my, oh my god, you could hit a lob on the run and it would land literally a foot <laughs> from the baseline every single time. Every single time. Um, just last question, a little bit on Rafa, what he's done in his career, and clearly he came just after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, do you get a chance to chat with him and talk to him? And, and what what is the most amazing thing about him? I mean, other than everything. I think that, um, I mean, first of all, he's a great champion, he's a great person, and um, um, I think that, you know, I was lucky to have that family, he has a great family too, that also helps him, you know, because uh, he has a good people around around him, but uh, I was happy, as you said, you know, to be the first woman, female, male, to be number one, and then to open the, uh, and now, I mean, he's the, he's the hero, you know, he, he what he's doing, and I think he has the passion, he has the, 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 the what he loves the game, that's why he's there. He's now learning more about the schedule because his injuries, his body, he's learning more about his body, but I think he's great for, for the game, and uh, he's showing, and he's still making history, so um, as a Spanish, I'm very proud. Uh, I done in my era, he's doing his era, so Spanish tennis is on the top, and um, we just leave a ge- legacy for the, for the next, you know, generation, but um, I think it's amazing, and I, I should say, as you say, insane what he's doing you know and um definitely i mean um what you can say about rafa that uh, that he's a true champion so and happy to see that you know as well well my friend um 
As I said, we played against each other many times in doubles. I thankfully never had to play you in singles because that would have been absolute torture for me. That would have been just torture for me. Um, but, you know, you've just, you were such a great champion. You were such a great um, ambassador for everybody, to, for hard work and for being out there and just literally, you are the female version of Rafa. Every point mattered to you. Every practice mattered to you. Every match mattered to you. Singles, doubles, mix, whatever it was. Your country mattered to you. Fed Cup, Olympics, all of it. You did it all. So... Thanks, no, thanks, my friend. See, it's nice to see that because people are saying that that Arancha and Nadal, Nadal Arancha are the, the one, the famous. I mean, the, the female one, the, the male in Spain. They say both because we don't give up and everything. But um, it's nice to hear the compliments and uh, it's nice to see you, by the way. And um, obviously, you know, to, to be able to to stay involved with our sport, our passion. But uh, nice talking to you again. So I really enjoy it. <laughs> Muchas gracias. No, de nada, chica. <laughs> thanks, mate. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.